Greetings and welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. This is Erica Dotson, and I'm so glad that you have tuned in to us today. Thank you so much for taking this time to share in community with us as we discuss our soul stories. I hope that you've had the opportunity to view last week's episode with Shalia Reed as we discuss living abundantly. And I hope that as we enter into Holy Week that you are doing just that. If you haven't had a chance to view it, please do, but I'm super excited about today's topic and today's guest. Our sister today is also incredible. Demi Walker is an educator. She's an entrepreneur, a wife, mother, and woman of God. And so I am so grateful to have her with us in this space today to share her very powerful story. Greetings, Demi, and welcome to Sister Lisa's Hello. Stories. Hello, Erica. How are you doing today? And thank you for having me here. I'm doing so good. Uh, it is Good Friday, and uh, this is such an important day, not only in the Christian faith, but to me. I think, as I think about my faith, and as I think about the Christian calendar, Easter or Resurrection Sunday and Holy Week mm -hmm. are very important times, and it's also a joyous time as we remember sacrifices yeah. Christ made for us. So I'm always excited during this time. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Yes, it comes as a sense of, you know, the Holy Word just being a day for us to look at the good book and think about all God has done for us and our families. So I'm excited about having this day to spend with my family and to be here with you and share today. Yeah, thank you so much. So as we get started, I always like to ask our guests, how are you doing? And what are you doing to care for yourself during this very difficult time in our world? Well, um, to care for myself, what I'm doing is making sure that I have time for myself. Um, every day, I try to take at least 30 to 45 minutes where I just sit in peace and just sometimes read my Bible or read over some daily, um, the daily lessons that are sent to me by a good friend of mine, Tia Locke Simmons. And then um, other days, I make sure that I go to the nail shop, get a massage, you know, just anything that makes me smile. And um, often I try to do those things by myself just so that I don't have to be accountable for anyone other than myself. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. You know, I think prior to the pandemic for me, I would sometimes feel guilty about taking that time for myself, about getting yeah. massages, about going to the nail shop. But I think it's so critical to our spiritual and mental health to just take that time away to just steal away, to hear your own thoughts, to hear what God has to say, and to just plan out your day, to reevaluate all those good things are so critical. Yes, definitely. So our world right now is full of chaos. <laughs> just no surprise. I yeah. mean, and I feel like every time I turn on the TV or listen to the radio, something crazier is happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you feel like <laughs> I just kind of sit and I'm just like, yeah, how, what are people doing? What are they thinking right now? Um, yeah. So how do you protect yourself against the toxicity that exists in our world? Um, for one, one thing I try to do is just protect myself from toxic people, period. Mm. You know, um, I think that if I respect myself enough to walk away from all those toxic people who are poisoning my heart or my mind or my soul, that it makes me feel at ease with myself. And so um, I really try to pay attention to those signals. And when I hear people becoming toxic and saying negative things, I just um, I don't want to discredit what they're saying or make them feel as though I um, 
am going to feed into it. So I do my best to just change the subject. Um, I acknowledge what they've said and move on to the next topic that's more positive because um, I feel like there's enough going on in this world for us to have to hear, whether it's near or abroad, than to have to live in that type of um, environment or allow, allow people like that into your space. Hmm. So I have to just follow up with that <laughs> because sometimes it's difficult. I'm going to say it takes quite a bit of courage to walk away from toxic people. Mm -hmm. How do you do that, especially when they're in your close circle or even in your family? How do you create those boundaries? Because that's what I'm hearing, that you do a good job of creating boundaries in your life. How do yes. other sisters do the same thing? Well, um, I guess, unfortunately, at this time, I have, I have been really working on myself. So I can't say how others are responding to it or how they may feel when I walk away or when I change the topic so that they can know that if that, that same con that same topic is going to continue, then I'm not going to allow myself to engage in it. And so um, I've noticed that when they start saying things and I change the subject, subject then they either go back to it again to see if I'm going to entertain it. Or if I notice they do continue that topic, then I'll just say, hey, you know, wait a minute, let me go and I'll be back. Or if we're on the phone, my poor husband, I'll just say, hey, that's my husband on the other line. <laughs> you know, and my, you know, I hope that they, with the hopes that they don't fact check me one day and say, so how's your husband doing? You know, <laughs> something like that. But um, I just try to have as much strength and courage to allow myself to respect myself enough not to engage in those type of um, conversations because that's the uh, first step that I feel like I have to take in not catering to those conversations. It's just to exit and get myself out of that situation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for just engaging me with that because that is something that I'm really trying to work on, especially in this new year, just protecting my peace um, yeah. and just trying to ensure that I have toxic, tox, toxic people as far mm -hmm. away from me as possible for those reasons. Yeah. And, you know, um, one thing I can think about um, is when I was working in the public school system, it was almost like I felt bound to not necessarily engage in it, but listen to it. Because I think at that time, I did not have the tools that I knew I needed to be able to have enough respect for myself and enough courage to just walk away. And I think it's easier when I think, I know it's easier now that I'm not governed by a public school system. Um, by me being an entrepreneur, I'm able to make my own hours. I decide who's gonna be in my space. And so if there's a situation that I don't feel like it's aligned with my, my values and my goals, then I can easily walk away and no one's going to say you're terminated, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, why did you walk away when that person was talking to you? That person may be my superior mm -hmm. or whoever that, that, that person may be my colleague that works side by side with me. And, you know, often in the workplace, if you have a person like that, um, that consistently wants to engage with you and you don't in, want to engage or are not on those topics, then it may seem you come across as um, hard to work with, you're combative, you're um, adversarial, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, 
it's like, when can you come to a point where you can say, can we just keep the main thing, the main thing, and let the work be about the work, not about all those other things that don't have a single thing with moving the needle with for students. So yeah. now that I am an entrepreneur, I can set those boundaries and I can stick to them and respect them enough to respect myself to not have to engage in those types of difficult conversations. So or unhealthy conversations. Right, right. Thank you so much for offering that. And I think it's a perfect segue into our topic for today. And I was so excited when you shared this idea with me because I thought you were the perfect person to talk about this. So our topic for today is possessing the courage to step out on faith. And so as yeah. we talk about your journey, your faith journey and your professional journey, um, I know that we're gonna glean great insight for how we could do that ourselves. And you are an educator, I'm an educator, and it's a very difficult time for educators right now. There, yeah. As we close out the school year, a lot of folks are making some very uh, tough decisions. And so I thought it'd be awesome for you to share your story. Um, and as we begin, just talk a little bit about how your faith was formed, um, how you came to have the courage to be able to step out on your own and to be able to trust the voice of God in your life to make decisions that are best for you? Well, um, I guess I could think about the first thing was the fact that things were not um, going the way I, I, foresaw, I, I expected them to be going in my work life, okay? Um, when your work life is, it's take, it's, it really monopolizes all of your time especially if you're at the district level in which I was. And so um, I think that the thing that really gave me that big push was um, the loss of my father mm. and me having to do a lot of soul searching and just sitting back and thinking about um, the, you know, the plan that I thought I had for myself, moving into administration. And then um, I started seeing things a lot differently. You know, after he passed away, um, I took a lot of time uh, off just to really reflect and you know um, I have a friend who was a former administrator in Houston he reached out to me and we started doing um, a lot of therapy uh, spiritual therapy you know not you know medical or anything you know he he's not he didn't come from a medical standpoint he showed me everything from a biblical standpoint and I um, really appreciate him to this day because um, all the therapy and therapist that I talked to that still had nothing to do with the me and my spiritual journey and me just being able to move forward and do what I knew it was in my heart mm -hmm. and not what I thought I had to do because of TRS and because yeah. that's what people expected you to do oh you know what about your TRS what about it you know <laughs> you know it's just that you know I thank the Lord for people like that um you know doctor that did that for me so um with him you know, I think between that and then the support of my husband, mm -hmm. it, it helped me see that, you know what, if God has a plan for you, why are you consistently accepting positions that are not fulfilling? Mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to listen to what he's saying. And so I'd done a little bit of it before, but, you know, it was just God just said, just what are you waiting on? Do it. Mm -hmm. And so when I started telling people, they were like, Oh, I have a job for you over here. <laughs> I was like, thank you. But that's not what I wanted to hear. 
I needed to hear you're going to be okay. And the person I ended up getting it from was my husband, friends like you, um, and friends like um, Ken, who helped me out. So I moved on from that and began my quest for success and happiness within what I wanted to do. So you said you said so much, and I, I just want to kind of go back to a couple of things that you said. First of all, thank God for the person that God sent at the right time to minister to your heart. You know, I think it's so interesting how the Lord will send the right person at the right time with the right word for where he wants you to be and to go. Um, and yes. I think it's important for us to be open to that because, you know, sometimes we think the message only comes um, in the pulpit, but sometimes yes. the message comes come from a friend through a conversation um, just through sharing and being honest and having open and honest conversations. So that is such a blessing that you have that and that you are open to that. Um, you also talked about being fulfilled and taking positions that weren't fulfilling. I can right. say that in the past, I have been guilty of the same. Um, because, you know, we have responsibilities, um, we have bills, <laughs> we have children, children. You know, we have student loans, we have all these things that we have to take care of. Yes. Um, but I think that during the pandemic, it was a time of reflection when we had to kind of just sit at home and figure out, is this really working for me? And I think a lot of times we know when it's not right. <laughs> we know when it's not a good fit, right. yet sometimes we stay. Yeah, we still try to stay. And the thing was, um, I started realizing also people who did, did not know me, they're like, wow, you have so many friends, you, you know so many people, you're so outgoing and people don't even realize that that's almost like a persona. You have to almost become someone you're really not mm. when you work with so many people because you can't ever let someone see you looking sad or not being in the mood to engage at that moment. It's like you have to be on 10 all of the time. And so when people don't believe me when I say that when I leave work and come home, I'm home. Mm -hmm. and, I, and it's just me and my husband upstairs, you know, he's you know, doing whatever he does. And I just pretty much be here reading books or working on contracts or something, but I'm alone by myself because uh, it's like, I can finally just be me mm. in my space. And so um, I'm very thankful that God has allowed me to be able to raise two successful children. You know, one is in uh, college and one is in, in, in grad school working full time, but you know, um, I just have to have my time for me. And so I spend my time doing the things that I like to do. I like to paint, mm -hmm. uh, have a nice little gallery upstairs in my office. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, reading, my, like I said, I read my Bible and uh, my friend sends me these daily messages. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much it. So let's talk a little bit about the transition. <laughs> okay. So, you had your friends that encouraged you and your husband was like, it's time. You knew it was time. Was it amazing? Did you step out and get a billion dollar contract? 
Um, did you feel confident? Like, tell me what that was like. Because for many who are thinking about leaving the nine to five to start their own entrepreneur journey, they have an idea or a perception of what it is. And a lot of times it's a false perception because on Instagram and social media, folks only show the high side, the best parts of it. Talk to us a little about some of the challenges maybe that you experienced, um, as well as some of the, the successes. Um, some of the challenges I experienced, um, which fortunately I can say haven't been many, at least I haven't recognized them as being challenges. I just feel like they're just one more thing that I have to deal with and keep moving. And so, um, one thing that I know was an issue was with me. Um, I had to learn that even though you win a bid, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to actually get the work. And so once I realized that, because I was winning the bids, but then I had to realize, okay, I'm not getting the work. So what's the issue now? So then I had to learn that not only do you get the bid, but you have to have a connection or you have to know someone. Uh, it was. And so I had to know someone who I could lean on or I could reach out to to have a contact to see if the work that I am offering is needed. And so um, once I got past that hurdle, that was pretty easy because I have been blessed to have uh, been in roles where I've been able to network with a lot of people and build some very healthy working relationships. And so with that, I was able to reach out to a couple of uh, superintendents who immediately was like, well, you know what, give me a bid. Uh, I mean, look at the bid, give me a proposal and let's see what we can do. And from that, I was able to secure a pretty um, healthy six-figure uh, contract right off the bat. And so from that, then um, other work started to come, one part through word of mouth. You know, um, I, did, I started off with a virtual conference. I think that was probably like the only real thing that I felt was a bit of a setback because I did expect more people from where I initially worked to support it, but um, I learned that um, people who had voice and a little control or power, I guess, was not supporting it and was making sure that principals understood they would not support it. But that was fine because I still ended up with like 85 people from across the USA. You know, people in Wisconsin, people in Kentucky, Maryland, um, they didn't even know my work, but they saw the idea, they saw the, the vision for the uh, conference, and they attended. And so it still went over well, and to say that it was my first, first thing out of the door. And so um, I did learn that I cannot expect the people who I think uh, would support me to support me is those who I probably thought wouldn't support me, have been supportive. And so I've really been trying my best to build my brand in um, areas that um, I know need my work and will respect my work. And um, it didn't come from friendships. It came from my work speaking for itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes that is a very sobering reality when you uh, have in mind who your work is for or who will be there. And it's not the people who you think. But right. I, I'm always amazed at who God does put in place. And it's just a reminder um, that he has you, that his plan is not our plan. His ways are not our right. ways. That when he gave you the idea, he also gave you the people that would support it, that would purchase That's it. Right. 
Um, and you might not know all of them. You still may not know all of them, but he does, and he will give them the currency and resources to be able to invest and support. Um, so right. when you think about building your brand, um, talk to us a little bit about that. For those of us who are transitioning, who are uh, new entrepreneurs, you talked about having relationships. And sometimes that's difficult for people, um, especially when you've worked in a system for a long time. Mm -hmm. Networking may not be your strong suit. You know, if you've been in one system for many years and have never, you know, really gotten out of that system, give us some thoughts or some tips on how to get out of um, yourself uh, in the small circle mm -hmm. that you may be in to make those connections and a little bit about how to brand yourself in a way that will be appealing. Okay, so when we think about the branding part, I initially started off in 2014 and my caption was, um, like my catch line was building teacher capacity, no, building capacity one teacher at a time. And then um, as the years transformed and moved on, um, when I initially, when I said I'm gonna go out full time, then I thought about it, well, I'll just be building teacher capacity. So then when you talk about people only being in education and not knowing how to brand yourself and reach other markets, what I did was um, I, wrote, I reached out to a friend who used to work in middle school with me in another district who is now a nurse. And they have been dealing with a lot of trauma. So she asked if I could think about doing trainings for them, um, but they're in the medical field. So then I thought about it. That was a thing that really helped me sh sh really sh uh, shape it. And now I'm just building capacity because it doesn't matter what arena you're in, whether you're in education, the medical field, corporate America, everyone has an area in which needs to be developed. And so when I say building capacity, education solutions now, we educate and we provide a solution for you right now. And we have the system where anyone that works with me understands that we're not a one-time hit or quitter. We go back and we follow up so that we can see the fruition of our work and we can see how well the systems or whatever it is we have helped them put in place is working and whether it's effective or not because there's no way I can go somewhere or anyone with my company can go anywhere one time and say that they've seen results. I just don't believe that one time will yield the results you're looking for. You have to be able to go back. And um, that's why I decided to keep um, the prices um, very um, affordable. I work with nonprofits. Um, I work with small nonprofits, large one nonprofits. Um, no job is too big or too small. I make sure that um, within my organization, um, anybody that works with me understand that when I have uh, events where we are giving back, everybody that has been paid from me one time or another is expected to help support that because I believe in giving back. And um, how can we ever be fulfilled in our lives if we're always just taking, taking, taking? If my business is for profit, I have to have enough profit to be able to say that it's enough now that I can give. And I give to the dog shelters, I give to schools, um, I give to nonprofits. What, um, you know, when they need things, if the dog shelter needs to buy dog food, I'll donate money for that. If a school needs to get rewards so that they can encourage kids to come to a camp, then I will purchase, um, I'll purchase bicycles for them. I'll reach out to other um, consultants that I know 
who support the schools and ask them to donate bicycles as well, gift cards uh, to Chick-fil-A. I try not to do McDonald's. <laughs> I wanted to be a little more healthy, you know, so I trick Chick-fil-A gift cards. Whatever the case may be, I believe in giving back 100%. So that those are the things that I include in my branding is the fact that everyone knows that I give back. Mm-hmm. I give back to uh, teacher organizations. I can go on and on naming all the um, arenas in which I donate. And I think, and I know that's why God has continued to bless me. And like I said, I started out doing the RFPs, winning the bids. And uh, once I got a, a two or three good contracts, um, I said, let me just work that. And then from those contracts, more work came. And now I just have people reaching out to me and I've earned another contract within just one week's time, just over um, me having reached out to one person a while ago. And then they thought about it and they needed the help. And so you know, it's just that, like I said, no jobs too big or too small. And we just believe in being very fair and consistent with everyone, you know. Um, so I think that's why God has been blessing my um, business to grow. And uh, the branding has helped as well, because now I don't only work with educational entities. Um, I'm moving into the hospital and then hopefully into corporate America next. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that about the giving, because I think that's a very important component that sometimes get overlooked. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is truth to the law of sowing and reaping. You know, what you put in is what you get out. And sometimes we, if we're not careful, we're looking Mm -hmm. for others to give to us without thinking about how we could give back to others. And so I think it's so important that you make that a priority um, as a part of your work to give yes. back to others. And um, yes. you know, it, and I want to congratulate you on being able to expand, you know, because um, I believe that if you are faithful over a few things, as the Bible says, he will make you ruler over many. And it's like the Lord has to see if he could trust you. Yeah. You know, like if I give you this big contract, you know, how will you handle it? Or if I give you this little contract. Um, will you put as much energy in it as you would if it was a much bigger one? And I think like once right. we show the Lord <laughs> um, that we're right. committed to the work that he has laid before us, that we're committed to the vision that he has given us, that he brings increase and he yes. brings overflow. Yeah, and I've been so blessed because um, also I think too, I've had people who are, in education who have children in college now and um, have said, hey, you know, if there's any job you have that I can help you on, you know, please don't, please, you know, because I have to do this for my kids' tuition or what have you. And um, and males and females have reached out and I've had several jobs that um, I knew I did not have time to do, but I knew they would do good work with it. And so um, I gave those jobs to them and they did the job through my business. And I paid them 100% of the money because they did the work. And I understood that, you know, I believe that you can't always make money off of everything because, you know, sometimes you just have to do what's right by people. And so um, when people reach out to me and something comes up at that time, 
And I definitely, you know, typically I'll give them all the money that I'm paid for that job just so that they could make that extra money because they all say the same, you know, and I understand where they're coming from. You know, when you're on a campus level or even some um, uh, district level positions, depending on the pay grade, you may not make as much money as people think you make. And so I just try to help whoever, you know, several people have reached out and I've been, (coughs) excuse me, very fortunate enough to be able to help those people. And um, we'll continue to do the work with them under my organization as long as God allows me to. Mm-hmm. And one of the things um, that are near and dear, not only to my heart, but a lot of times those of us who want to do entrepreneurial ventures is that we're thinking about leaving a legacy. Yes. Uh, we're thinking about our children, our children's children, that they will have something that they can call their own. Um, that they won't necessarily have to worry about someone else giving them an opportunity. There is something that mm-hmm. exists in the family that is for us and by us. Um, yeah. And so just being able to show your children that the work of their hands could be fruitful mm-hmm. and that the gifts that the Lord has given them can be used uh, to bring increase in your family. And so when I think about that um, and I think about leaving a legacy, um, I, I just wonder what what is your legacy or what do you want your legacy to be as you think about your work and your children um, and, and the children that they might have and all of those that are connected to you? How do you want them to uh, remember your work and how do you want them to envision your legacy? You know, and um, I think when you ask that question, Erica, I'm looking at it as a twofold because um, even though the work that I do, I do not envision my children by no means carrying on this work because neither are in education, nor do they have a desire. But um, I know that they know the people that I have worked with and my legacy alone is what I want to be one that people know um, how I felt about children and how I do feel about children. And I'm gonna forever be an advocate for children until the day I give my last breath, but as far as leaving a legacy where my kids or my grandkids will step into the role and continue education solutions after I'm gone, I can't say that that is the vision that I really have, but I do have a vision to use the revenue that I make from education solutions to help both of my children become independent um, business people in their own right and build their own brands, which will then lead to the legacy that we can live within my family or the extension that I have from my family. And so um, my daughter is working on her own business right now, even though she's full-time working, she has a, a product that she's working on and so does my son. He's in school at Texas Tech and he's working on his um, own business that he has both have already gotten their LLCs for and um, are working on getting those businesses started up and running. And so my daughter is in the coding stage for what she has and my son is in the phases of purchasing. So that's where I wanna take the um, what I'm doing and help them build what they want to do. Cause I know it'd be great if uh, one of my children could birth a couple educators who could take on my <laughs> Never know. through education solutions or maybe even one of my many nieces and nephews or great nieces and nephews or even my great, great nieces and nephews. That would be amazing. But 
I just don't see it because the way the public school system has changed, teachers um, like me, I feel have not been allowed to go into the system and just be a great teacher. When I started teaching, we could just teach. You know, we knew that the kids had a test coming up, but the test wasn't the premise on which we were educating the children. We were teaching them to be lifelong learners, not lifetime test takers. Mm -hmm. And so I can't say that I would even encourage many of my nieces and nephews to go into education because it's so um, cutthroat. You know, the young administrators they have now, they don't even know the content. They're not instructional leaders. They're uh, bullies behind a pen. And I just couldn't um, envision encouraging someone to go into that type of situation and then having a mental meltdown. And then this is where the um, mental, the mental illnesses of Black people start developing and really coming to light because I start realizing how many of my friends' kids who went into education and I'm like 25, 26 having breakdowns. And I'm like, wow, never would you even envision that type of thing happening when I was a teacher. You know, we love the kids, the kids loved us. We love what we did, you know, and it's just not the same. And so when I tell you stepping out on faith and um, just doing what I know I love to do, there isn't a day that I get up and I feel like, oh my God, I feel like just staying home today. Every day when I wake up, I wake up early and I'm ready to go so that I can get to the schools or drive to the different districts that I work with or fly if I have to, so that I know that what I'm doing has an impact on not just the people I'm working with, but in essence, the children. And so I, um, I wouldn't change it for anything. I promise you that. And um, anybody that reaches out to me because they have a vision of starting their own, I have no problem working with them and helping them understand, you know, that it's not going to be an easy task. But if you're ready for the work, the work is there. You just have to um, put align your align your vision and your goals and making sure that you um, do the right things and learn more of the business side, mm -hmm. you know. I'm not the business person, but I've learned a lot about the business side. So I can stop being nervous about asking where's my chick. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can do the work, you know, and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, okay, who do I send this invoice to? <laughs> so, so that's the part that I had to learn to stop being nervous about because, you know, I could go in there and do the work all day. Yeah. And, and I was still sitting there thinking, okay, who's going to pay me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I had to learn the business and stop being afraid to just, you know, work, you know, ask for what I'm worth and, you know, stop giving away my intellectual, my intellectual capacity for free. And so mm -hmm. things have been good. That's a word. That's a word. So um, two things. I, I think as I look at education, I also feel, feel so just grieved to, just kind of see some of the stories of people suffering so much uh, on yes. all sides, on all sides of the work and thinking about what, yeah. as you have said, I experienced in the past when I came into education to what it has become. Um, it is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, yeah. especially when you don't sit in a position where you can really affect change um, in the system overall. And so, yeah. um, but I think that these moments 
happen in our life to kind of push us out the nest. Yes. Encourage us to look deeply and within ourselves to ask God what's next for us and to be bold enough to take that leap. And I'm grateful that you shared your story about how you were bold enough to take that leap. And I pray that it encourages someone else to do the same. As we close, the last thing that you said I really want to talk about really quick is about knowing your worth. And I think that that is so very important if you're stepping out on your own to not be afraid or ashamed um, to ask for what you deserve. Sometimes that's difficult, especially if you um, have been told that you aren't worth what you think you are, what you know you are, or if you have been in abusive situations, or maybe you've just never had anyone to really affirm you or to Mm -hmm. teach you how to advocate for yourself. What would you say to those sisters who um, are there, who don't know how to advocate for themselves, or maybe who have not been affirmed, um, and so they struggle with speaking up and asking for what they deserve? I think the thing I would say to anyone, any sister that is concerned about, you know, how would they price out things, you know, just um, weigh it out. And I really feel like if you have someone that is already doing the work that you aspire to do, if you think you have a close enough relationship with them, just ask for a transparent conversation, you know, and um, that's the way I was able to really learn that, wow, I'm more valuable than I thought, you know, and um, you come up with a price and you stick to it. Mm-hmm. And when you submit those proposals, you have your um, amount there, your daily rate. Um, for me, I don't do half days. Whether I do a full day or half day is still the same price. The price changes a little bit when it's virtual, but um, you still have to plan for anything you do, whether it's face-to-face or virtual, whether it's half a day or full day, you still have to plan for it and that takes up time. And so you have to really think about it and weigh it out and how much is your time really worth? Are you worth $59.99? Are you worth $9.99? Are you worth $1,500? Are you worth $2,500? You have to determine that. And so um, you look at how much you put out every month and what you need to survive. And so that's how you come up with your prices. And stick to it. Don't let people talk you down. You know, if they say, well, you know, if you go over $3,500, then we have to take it to the board. Well, you can take it to the board. That's fine. (laughs) Just let me know after the board meeting. You know, don't um, say, oh, well, don't worry about it. You know, no, because that's how people get you to take your price down so they can bring in another company and do the same thing with them. They have all these people doing that work. Know your worth. You know, don't have conversations with them that gives them too much information, then they don't need you, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> then again, you're giving away your intellectual capacity for free. And so, um, you know, when you have conversations that people call you saying they're looking for a job, they need you to walk them through an interview process, just let them know how much your hourly rate is and um, would they like for you to send them an invoice or would they like, and they could pay through PayPal, PayPal, cash or Zelle, cash app or Zelle, you know? Mm-hmm. So they'll know that you cannot, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. You cannot keep giving it away for free. And so, um, like I said, there are times when you know that God tells you this has to be free, mm-hmm. you know? And there are people 
three or four people could call me for the same thing. And if God tells me to give that one person for free or the two people for free, then I give it to them for free. They say, how much are you? And I'll say nothing. But I appreciate the fact that they know that they need to give me something. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, that's when I don't even charge you at all. Mm-hmm. So you just have to know and let God guide you. And as long as you're listening to what he says to do, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. And I thank you so much, Demi, for being with us today and for sharing your soul story and for encouraging our hearts and giving us solid advice for entrepreneurship. I wish you all the best and I congratulate you on your success so far. You are definitely blazing the trail for us all um, and challenging us all to think deeply about the work that we say we wanna do as we press forward in our entrepreneurship journeys. Yeah, just go and do it. That's what Nike says. Yes. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) You know? Yes, Yes. we can do all things. Through Christ Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, Please know that you can also listen to this same interview and season one on Spotify, Apple, or Anchor platforms. And we encourage you to reach out with your testimony or anything you would like to share with our guest today. We'll make sure that she gets it and that you guys can be in contact. Have a wonderful day. Be blessed. And we'll see you next week.